This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, good morning. Welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin, aided and embedded by yours truly, Dean Holland. How are you this morning, Charlie? I'm amazing. And look, we're in studio. We can see each we other's faces are. live. It is lovely. <laughs> it's I different. I love it. I love it. And boy, did I love traveling on that 400 series today, I too. I bet so. you did. <laughs> and enjoy it even more going home, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Me too. In- yeah, indeed. And we have, a, uh, we have a special guest in studio as well. We do. If you are into anything to do with birding and such, we have Paul Oliver here, we right? We do. Paul Oliver from the Urban Nature Store, here to give us some updates on how to keep our wild birds happy, healthy, well-fed, well-watered, well-sheltered as winter approaches. I'm happy to answer all your questions today. Okay, good. And I know yeah. Dean usually has a you know novel full of questions, so you know, no shortage from him. Well, you know, and I was telling uh, telling uh, Paul, and I think I've mentioned to you before, uh, my dad, who passed away about seven years, was an avid birder. Mm-hmm. So I think it's in the blood. Yeah, it's in the blood. Uh, I have an interest in, in it, although I haven't had the time. So I'm interested to find out a little bit from uh, a lot from Paul. Yeah, uh, yeah. Today. Yeah, for sure. Well, I did warn you know listeners last week that that Paul was going to be here. So mm-hmm. you know he's happy to talk about obviously anything to do with the store, what they sell, why they sell it, but any good questions about, yeah, upcoming seasonal change, because this is our last show of the summer. It absolutely is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For next next, next, next Saturday, Saturday will be autumn. That's right. We'll be have our long underwear and earmuffs yeah. on. <laughs> yes, indeed. <Maybe. laughs> okay, to that end, I'm going to give out the numbers now. We'd uh, love for you to give us a call. Uh, the number in Toronto is 416-360-0740, or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, it's toll-free, one 866 7:44740, and uh, for sure, if you uh, we want you to call often, we want you to call early, and uh, we want you to have one question per call, please. And please let Ashy know if you are a first-time caller, and then I will give you your garden wings. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Digital digital bells. Yeah, the digital version. For, there you go. For virtual um, wings. <laughs> and we have some announcements before we go to break we as do. well, right? So we want to make a couple I've, of quick announcements? Quick you go? I've got one going on today. Yeah, so let's get this one out right mm-hmm. away so people can, you know, get organized to get out to the Knox United Christian Education Center, which is at 2575 Midland Avenue at Shepherd in North York, of course. It is the once a year Agent Court Garden Club opening their doors to the general public. Come on in. in Enjoy an amazing bunch of uh, um, com- competition. You know those gardeners? They mm-hmm. can get really, really competitive. What they'll do for a red ribbon, I'm telling you. <laughs> so uh, there are, are 100 different categories of flowers, vegetables, and design being judged uh, at the uh, Christian.
Christian Education Center. So you want to go out there and see what people have grown. And it's all their own homegrown stuff. And, of course, the judging, there's very strict criteria on all that. But it all comes with little colored ribbons. So people are pretty into it. And it's all wide open to the public. Plus, there's a tea room and, and snacks to be purchased if gotcha. you want okay. to get So and my announcement is actually has to do with uh, the next weekend. So what we'll do is we'll go to break now. And I'll make sure I get that in before the end of the show. But uh, we will be right back with much more here on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show. And Charlie, I have to say, what a... Yes, I'm doing this for the camera. You for the camera. It's what a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful morning it was. Oh, I know. Beautiful We're, and clear. Yeah. yeah. We kept hitting these fog patches mm. as the sun was coming up. And even my kids who are, I've got my two youngest with me today, because uh, we're going on to uh, Hamilton after this, and just breathtaking views mm-hmm. coming down here. Nice time just, of year to be out and about. Oh, clear, clear air. Beautiful, yeah. Bright sunshine. Indeed. Speaking of beautiful. Mm. How about an annual flower show? I Oof. like those. This one's coming up next weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. September 23rd, the first weekend of fall. And this is the Cana- uh, presented by the Canadian Chrysanthemum and Dahlia Society. And, or is it Dahlia? Is it Dahlia? Dahlia is it is Dahlia. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And uh, this is happening at the Agricola Finnish Lutheran Church, uh, 25 Old York Mills Road in North York. Mm-hmm. And again, it's September 23rd from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. It is their annual flower show. And if you want more information, you can just go to their website, which is mumsanddahlias.com. Cool. Yeah, that's going to be a knock your socks off show. It, yeah. Oh yeah. You, you, the things, Do they have those the dinner arts? plate ones? Well, it's not. They'll have dinner plate ones, but they'll have them done really artistically. They'll oh. have like um, designs Huge and ball. Like yeah, yeah, they grow them in balls and shapes okay. and all kinds of crazy okay. things. Speaking of balls and shapes, look at what yeah, somebody I brought. You brought some triangles. <laughs> I know. Cut from circles. I know. I, I, I like I said, I'm doing this well, for the camera because mm. we are uh, we are live stream. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Anybody who's listening on, live on at am740.ca can be watching us mm-hmm. as well. And I have, I've got the lid on, so you might not be able to see what's going on. And you can take the lid off if you want. Gone. These are yeah. so, well, I don't want to Because then if you take the lid off, then them. later on I can tell you to put a lid on it, Charlie. So there you go. <laughs> they smell <laughs> then amazing. Get in so who, what baker made these beautiful uh, well, scones? Well, you know what? Over the years, I have made these, uh, I make scones from time to time. And these are my lemon, lemon lavender scones. And it's lavender from out of my garden. So cool. So you yeah, you're, yeah. you're just so multi-talented. So the lemons are not from out of my garden, I have to say. Those I do not grow. <laughs> Too but bad. I, you know, it's got Get the zest in there. So, yeah. So I got up this morning. I made them this morning. Yeah. Uh, along with a couple other made things. Made them this morning. And then you so, drove here. And then like, I drove what? here. Well, because I were, What a I'm, guy. Are you I'm, married? Are I'm you a more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a morning guy. I know you are. I operate better in the morning. So I'll go to bed early. Got up at four this morning and uh, did a little <gasps> bit of bacon and then jumped in the car. Crazy there you go. Man. I know. Paul and I are both going, wow. whoa. Yeah. I was fast asleep at 4 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Many Zs to go still. Okie dokie. Well, tell you what. Let's do a caller. Sure. We have, um, let me see on the line here. It looks like uh, Gabriella from uh, the York region is calling. Uh, welcome to the Garden Show, Gabriella. 
Thank you. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Dean. I have a question regarding hydrangeas. The one that's white and now turned a beautiful dusty rose pink, but has more than one branch from the bottom. It's got it so white. There is any way I can divide and make a different other plant from that? No, not dividing it. You can take cuttings. I wouldn't take cuttings at this time of year, but yes, you can propagate shrubs. It's a woody shrub. It's not like a hosta plant where you can take a shovel and sever the plant into two pieces or 20 pieces. This is a a woody shrub. So yes, for the future, if you want more of them, next spring, June, not spring, like early summer, uh, Mm -hmm. four to six inch tip cuttings, remove the lower leaves, get those little four to six inch cuttings in just water or moist sand or something like that. A little rooting hormone goes a long ways and you'll have more shrubs to grow up from little tiny plants, but they do grow pretty quick. It's really gorgeous. You know, I hate if anything happened to it, but uh, can I cut it back? I mean, when can I do that? Now on the spring? Oh, I personally would wait till the spring because those beautiful flowers will stay on all winter, but they will be a a bronze color and they're very, I find them very ornamental. So I leave them. They're pretty. They, they blow around in the wind. They make cool noises. Um, Sometimes, are there seeds maybe in hydrangeas, Paul? Do you know? Yeah, small seeds. Some of the birds will go after those. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I I know. I love them, you know, and I don't want anything to happen to them. (laughs) And how much I can cut back? Oh, uh, uh, you can cut it back pretty hard next spring uh, by half. Bring it down by half if you wish. Okay. 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 Thank you very much. Thanks I love for calling. your show. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank Did you. you notice? Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Gabriella. Gabriella just snuck in, what, four questions? <laughs> <laughs> Sneak, I got to get the, I have to get an air horn. <laughs> That's what I got to get. That's just, you know, I got the nice little bell for the first I mean, time call. Yeah, I know. I got to get the air they horn. Were, they were related, but still. They were related, yes, <laughs> indeed. And, uh, you know, but uh, you bring up a good point within that conversation, and that is that, uh, you know, that birds, of course, and we have Paul Oliver here who is. If you have any questions about birding, especially, mm-hmm. this is the day to call. Mm-hmm. You can certainly call with your gardening questions as well. But we encourage you, if you have any any birding questions, yeah. this is the day because Paul, that's he's the expert in that. And there are certain flowers that provide seeds, and others that provide, mm-hmm. provide like for the hummingbird that we were chatting about, provide the the nectar, nectar that's in there. Yeah, for, for winter uh, birding, one of the things is when you're planting your garden is actually really think about which plants keep their seeds, keep their leaves, keep their needles during the winter time. The uh, motto I always talk about with gardening and birding is evergreens, evergreens, and even more evergreens. Oh, yeah. and for shelter. It provides the shelter, uh, but even with things like holly and that, that actually keep the um, their foliage and then also have the seeds mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, right. because that's the natural food source that the birds supplement. Uh, and rely on through the winter season. Right, right. Yeah, we put out the seed, which is not the natural food, uh, but it's great if the environment can be supporting them as well. Yeah, yeah, and even when we put out seed, it's probably only about 10 to 20% supplement that they're getting. They're still relying on natural food sources. Mm-hmm. And so we provide them a little bit of a boost with human-assisted feeding, but they're really relying on the natural seeds that plants have left and are still hanging on through the winter. Which is a good reason to not rush your pruning. Wait until spring. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now I have a question, because quite often we we don't want our plants to go to seed, right? We we cut them back. Can we we deadhead them, or can we cut those things off but still hang on to them and 
lay them somewhere for the birds? Is that a help? Yeah, keeping a brush pile mm-hmm. in your yard is really helpful for the birds, providing protection, but it also will uh, generate some insects for them to mm-hmm. feed on, oh. as well as they'll feed on some of the seeds that are left on the deadheaded uh, mm-hmm. plants. Yeah, yeah. so that's always that. That might look messy to your neighbor's eye, but it's actually wonderful shelter for wildlife. Yeah. Birds, frogs, snakes, whoever, whoever wants to hunker down in that. And, and, and it's like leaving a dead tree on your property if it's not dangerous, yeah. and it's not going to fall over and onto you or your neighbor's house. It's a wonderful source for, gosh, bats and birds and all all kinds of little critters live in dead stuff. Even after Christmas, if you've put out, if you've had mm. a natural tree, yep. put that out. Just put it in the backyard. The birds will love you for it. Yeah. I do that every year. I, I yeah, drag well. my tree out and I just lay it on its side at the base of one of the feeders. It is so cute. The juncos. It's just they're just in heaven. Yeah, no, they like love hundreds it. of them. It's like putting and a little playset for da- them. Yeah, exactly. It's a playground. For a playground. Them. <laughs> yeah, they're dancing and yeah. you know twittering and you know I throw a few sunflower seeds onto the tree just mm-hmm. to let them know there's food there and they're just happy totally happy uh, we don't do it now but back in the day years ago uh when we would string cranberry and popcorn mm-hmm. we would always leave that on as well and just take and it out it yeah. and throw that with the tree sure sure Good and then idea. they would uh, they would peck that all off yeah. uh, listen i have to, we have to go to break uh be, we will be right back with much more on the garden show don't change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin <laughs> exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, we are back here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin and yours truly, Dean Holland, and And, our special guest... Paul Oliver from Urban Nature Stores, and how many are how many Urban Nature Stores are there, Paul? Uh, we have eight stores, eight uh, from Kingston right through to Niagara mm-hmm. and uh, throughout Toronto, uh, Toronto, Markham, Pickering, Oshawa, Mississauga. Okay, great. Don't look at Dean when you talk. <laughs> I know you want to, I but your mouth is you're turning to, away from the yeah. mic. <laughs> so, well, and before um, I give out the numbers again, and we get to our next caller, that you have a like a special. Well, let off. me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I just yeah. this Paul's done this in the past. Okay. Last time he was here you weren't here for that show but paul through the urban nature store on the website provided a gift card yep. for anybody who wanted a ten dollar gift card and i was just telling him last time on my way home from the show i detoured off the 401 with my little on my phone gift card to pick up some birdseed nice. with ten dollars off so tell us how it works yeah so everyone can get a free ten dollar gift card all they need to do is go to urbannaturestore.ca on the top of the uh, screen, um, the website is actually a secret code uh, box. Just enter the secret code today is Cardinal. Cardinal. Uh, so enter Cardinal and you'll get the uh, a $10 gift card emailed to you. You can use it in the store or you can use it online for any purchase. Right. There's no Urban Nature Store where I live. Uh, my nearest one is Kingston. So that's why I had to go and use it right away. Yeah. But that's, only, that's a 24-hour um, gift. To anybody who's listening right now, that gift card. But then you can use, use it, it anytime yeah. you want. There's no expiry on you gift cards. Visit the website, yeah. uh, urbannaturestore.ca, yeah. within 24 hours and enter the code Cardinal. Cardinal. Shh, top secret. Don't okay. tell anybody. Cardinal. <laughs> Cardinal. <laughs> okay. The numbers that give us a call. Toronto is 416-360-0740 or uh, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Let's go to our next caller. We have Diane on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Diane. Thank you very much for taking my call. I really enjoy. And just listening to you, I've learned so much already, Paul, uh, what you're... And, uh, uh, the rest of the guys uh, about the branches. We're just going to have our uh, 
trees trimmed down very aggressively. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have maple and we have some birch and that. And the guy always shreds them all up. So I am going to, we have a very large backyard. I'm going to keep a whole pile of those branches, Excellent. let the leaves uh, um, decay into the uh, ground, and hopefully my uh, birds will appreciate a little bit of shelter. Oh, I'm uh, certainly the birds a, will love that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and we have Saskatoon berries. When we were out west, mm. we brought Saskatoon berry uh, um, bushes. And uh, you wouldn't believe we had to put a net on there uh, to, because they go crazy. We have blackberries. Mm. Uh, anybody that wants to start uh, a blackberries, my gosh, we have bumper crop every single year. But the birds, the, my husband said, the, uh, they're easy to cultivate. The birds will not touch them, but the bees go after them, the yellow jackets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but anyway, my question today is I love, I just love my morning doves, and uh, I know they're ground feeders. What is the best food that they eat? I've changed my type of food several times, and um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to appeal to them, and we're getting fewer uh, morning doves. Um, they'll basically eat any type of food. Um, if it's a deshelled food, they're mar- far more inclined to to feed on it. Uh, like um, the no mass stuff. The no mass, the sunflower hearts. Uh, or Are they lazy? <laughs> they're, they're a very pretty bird. Let's call a spade um, a spade, right? I mean, they're, they're a lazy? pretty bird, but they're probably not the road scholars or the birding. Yeah, they're family. not very smart. Oh, okay. yeah. um, one thing I do encourage people to, that are feeding morning doves is possibly putting a platform feeder up mm-hmm. that they can feed on that's wider, mm-hmm. um, just so that they're not scared by any of the predators that may be on the ground, neighborhood cats and things like that. Right. Um, so it's a safety factor. Uh, for so them. and cardinals would be the same idea because they're ground feeders. Cardinals are actually uh, 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 feeder th- um, feeders. <laughs> they don't. They're by default they fall to ground because the feeders aren't curved for them. They actually have to stare at their food. So they have to have a curved perch or Mm. a wide perch. Um, So a lot of times cardinals end up feeding on the ground because the feeders aren't uh, adapted Mm. for them. them. Um, But uh, all of them will feed up on a platform that's elevated. And I really encourage that to keep the food off the ground. And if the doves can feed up uh, higher. But I would actually, uh, they'll eat cracked corn. They'll eat uh, even mealworms. Um, They'll eat uh, sunflower hearts. Um, If it it involves less of the deshelling it. They're they're more game for that. They'll just sit there and pig out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've never actually. I always see them just on the ground. Yeah, the morning doves, and they always seem to wait so long before you. you I know they, they take let off. you to get so close to them with your car, or whatever, and, they go, and then they do that. Whoa, 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 and they go off. Yeah, and they seem. Yeah, and that's one of the things I really encourage if you have them on the ground feeding is even go to the dollar store and get that little wire fence, uh, garden fence, and put it around the feeding area. It's not going to stop a neighborhood cat, but the cat's crawling across ready to lunge on one of the uh, little birds. He has to get over that fence. Mm. So it causes enough ruckus that the gives the uh, morning doves a bit extra time to get away. Wow. Aren't you thoughtful? Do you like cats at all? No. I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm more of a dog lover. Oh, okay. But uh, e- even with cats, the, the best thing people can do is put a little bell on them. Mm. Or two. Or three. Oh, or three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When my cat was young, every body part had a bell a attached. Bell. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
all feet, all the tail, everything. He, he was covered in bells. He was so embarrassed, actually. He was the only cat in the neighborhood who jingled every time he breathed. <laughs> they all laughed. Oh, there's Charlie Dobbins' cat. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Ooh, how humiliating. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Now fun. he's old. He doesn't have to wear all those bells. <laughs> well, that's I, I did not know that about... Uh, uh, that surprised me about the blackberries. That the, yeah, the, that the but birds yeah, I wonder them. why they're being not keen on the. They blackberries. may just have a better selection of some of the other uh, fruits and uh, yeah. food in the area. Like at my house, where Elliot's mm-hmm. continuing to put oranges out, even though uh, the Orioles have headed right. south. But the finches are loving the oh, oranges, okay. so he's putting them out. Meanwhile, I've got an elderberry shrub that's got thousands of berries on it, yeah. and the finches should be eating the elderberries. But no, they're lazy buttheads. They're just uh. sitting there. Sucking down the oranges. Wow. <laughs> so, well, it sounds like there was an abundance of blackberries there. Maybe some blackberry scones are in order. I was going to say, some elderberry wine <laughs> yeah, at my there place. There you go. Nice. <laughs> okay, let's go to our next caller. We're going to uh, Burlington now. We have uh, Suzanne on the line, and we're uh, welcome to the Garden Show, Suzanne. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Well, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Well, I love the Urban Nature Store, first of all. I think I've been to a few of their locations, and uh, both my husband and I are big into birds. Uh, My question today is about dried mealworms. I bought some this year along with, uh, aspirationally, a bluebird feeder. It's got a little blue um, bowl and a a lid on it, or a cover over it Mm -hmm. to keep the rain off, and... Not only did I not get any bluebirds, I didn't get any birds eating these mealworms. So my question is, what do I do? I've got, you know, almost a full bag, and winter's coming. Uh, should I just put them all out somewhere? Will there be any bird that will eat them? Should I keep them till next year, or should I throw them out? Yeah, um, bluebirds are a harder bird to attract because there just aren't as many of them around, and they are a, need more open area in a lot of cases to to um, to uh, feed in an area or that. Uh, but the mealworms, what I would do is just mix them in with your regular bird seed and put it in a regular bird feeder. That gives them the high extra protein that they need as they're getting ready to migrate. Uh, You'll find chickadees will eat them. uh, Almost all birds will eat them when they're mixed in with regular bird seed. Um, In the springtime, you can put them down on the ground for robins as a a supplement to to them. But if you just mix it in with the the regular bird seed right now, uh, the birds will devour them. I'm not sure our feeders would let these down through the, you know, the normal seed is a lot smaller. It comes out. We have a lot of cardinals, blue jays, chickadees, like finches, lot, lots of birds. Yeah, but, the, the, um, the mealworm should be able to be mixed right in if you've got sunflowers or black oil or something like that in, mm-hmm. the, in the seed mix. Well, my husband laments because uh, the only thing the finches really like is niger seed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> whether I can tempt them. By mixing mealyworms in with niger feeders? Well, the f- niger feeders usually have tiny, tiny holes for the finches yeah. to get the tiny seeds. Yeah. yeah, you need one of those feeders that's got the bigger holes that hold the, sunflower. The sunflower yeah. uh, seed or that and mix it in with that. The niger is going to be too narrow uh, opening right. for the finch feeder, right. if it's a finch yeah. feeder. I well, l- that's their preferred feed. They, they'll 
go through three things of that that's and not good. even touch the mix. <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, my, I love the feeder I have that's got the spring-loaded action. Oh. And you set the uh, spring so that big, heavy birds if they or squirrels uh-huh. get up on it. Uh-huh. It closes it lo- from closes their weight. Oh, but little birds get up there, or medium-sized birds, because that's how I've got it set. Mm-hmm. It doesn't close. And it's just like a, an, like a trough. Mm-hmm. So you can put anything in there. You can put, you know, like a cob of corn almost in there, mm-hmm. and they can get at it. Like it's, and even with a feeder like that, you can even mix in something like suet nuggets. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to have a separate suet feeder. You can actually just put the um, fat-rich uh, suet right in in with the uh, regular seed. And this is a good time of year to be thinking about suet? Suet is a really good time at this at this time because your migratory birds are fattening up to head south and your overwintering birds are putting on their extra bulk to help them through the harsh winter. Right. But, but no suet in the summer just because of the fact that it... It gets melt, moldy. Right? Yeah. Um, so you, there are suets that you can put out during the summer, particular for woodpeckers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's the other birds, the chickadees and finches, will generally leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, they want it is now when they know they have to get fat. Right. Oh, so they want it now. Now's the time that they yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and throughout the winter. Yeah. 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 F- okay. Winter's coming, right? So it's that get ready for winter, bulk up. Yeah. Great. So th- thanks for the uh, thanks for the call there, Suzanne. We appreciate that. Yeah. And good luck. Thank you. Good luck okay. with your with your worms there. Um, yeah. Now I have to call back with my second question. Okay. Actually. Oh, you are you like you're that's glorious. Thank you so much, Susan. I have a question, Paul. Um, we talk a lot about keeping the bigger critters out. Do you also sell within your stores? I, there are, are there feeders out there to actually address squirrels and things like that that also have to eat during the winter. Um, yes, so you can actually put out specific feeders, as Charlie mentioned. There's a spring-loaded ones that are weight-based that actually, when the weight of the squirrel or the weight of large birds like grackles get onto it, it, it closes and excludes right. them. Um, and some people will put out food separately for animals, um, uh, squirrels, um, and that in their yard. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, if people are doing that, it often means that they won't be bothering the, the uh, okay. bird feeder. That can so help. it's a helpful uh, way to do that. Okay. Some people will put out peanuts, for example, in a peanut ring for blue jays. Mm-hmm. It's also going to become a feeding area for, for everybody else. <laughs> um, because, but, but if that squirrel's sitting in it, the blue jays are so aggressive that he'll dive bomb the yeah. uh, squirrel and uh, so a little bit of entertainment. Away. Yes. Oh, uh, blue jays are crazy. I was saying to Paul, they they left for the summer. They went north, yeah. right? They go up, I guess, beyond even Algonquin Park, go north. But now they're back, <laughs> and it's a flock. It's a it's quite a big family of blue jays, and they're loud and obnoxious, and everybody just like all the other birds mm-hmm. are just rolling their eyes. They're like, oh, oh it's just, just yeah, they're exactly. Back. They're just so rude. And, so. and that's one of the things about migrat- migration. Because most people think of it, oh, they leave here and they go way south. Mm-hmm. But you get these little slight migrations. Mm-hmm. Blue jays coming down into the lake area mm-hmm. a bit more. You get some of the nor- northern cardinals coming yeah. down here. Some of the cardinals from here move a bit f- further south. Right. So it's not necessarily always a big migration. It's just little changes. And so you're going to see different types of birds to, in the wintertime. Right. And that's also climate change is affecting that too. So we are seeing more changes. For, for people that are birders like yourself who really know what the averages are, 
or uh, things are skewing, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, as simple as putting out your hummingbird feeder earlier mm-hmm. in the season, because mm-hmm. the hummers are coming back earlier in many years uh, now because it's warmer in the, they are, it's too hot in the uh, southern m- migration area. They're coming back. So getting your hummingbird feeder out early in uh, mid-April rather than early hmm. May. And even the robins that don't leave anymore, that just hunker down for the winter in a forest and on a nice day come out looking for food. Yes. Right. That's unusual. They always went so went somewhere so yeah, when we somewhere. were kids. Yeah, they're a partial migrator, so they go yeah. down to Kentucky and Ohio, yeah, okay. and uh, and as the seasons have become milder, they don't have to they go as far. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, uh, we have to go to our next uh, break, nice. but we will be right back with uh, much more here on the Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. We are back here on The Garden Show on this exciting last show of summer. Also Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. Shana oh, Tova right. to our friends. Right. Yep. Okay. And that, uh, <laughs> sorry, and, and explain that to me a little bit because, of course, uh, Elliot... Is Jewish. Is yeah. Jewish, yes. Yeah. So we're not doing anything ce- celebratory this weekend, but this weekend, as starting last night, is Rosh Hashanah, which uh, is... I'm not the right person to be doing, you know, how things work in the yeah. Jewish calendar, but it is a very um, sacred holiday. Okay. And, um, yeah, special foods, round, challah, honey, sweet, New Year's. It's connected to a, a beautiful, sweet New Year. Okay. So Great. lots of really traditional foods are eaten. And- Wonderful. And in, so an important time of year for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, fall kicks in, I think it's Thursday this week. Something like that. And so we will be in I'm in denial. Next week. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Paul, we have Paul yes. Oliver here with us, Urban Nature Stores. We want to, and Paul, let's give out the website again and also talk to you about the special offer that you have. Yeah. So every a listener, if they want, can get a $10 gift card. They just go to urbannaturestore.ca. And in the top uh, of the uh, screen, there's a secret uh, bar there, and you just enter. The secret word is cardinal. Cardinal. UrbanNatureStore.ca and cardinal. And is that a favorite bird of yours, or do you have? Is it? Would it be fair to ask if you have a favorite bird? I don't want to discriminate against any type okay. of bird, but uh, <laughs> cardinals are one of my favorites because well, it's yeah. a paired bird. So you're always seeing yes. him there with his wife, um, and they're always together. Right. It's romantic, isn't it? Yeah. Are they like um, forever and ever mates? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like they're, loons. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. Um, we uh, we can go to our next caller now. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've just got I'm messing around with yeah, the computer. Yeah, I've <laughs> Mary. got uh, Mary, Mary. Mary in Toronto. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Garden Show, Mary. Well, thank you for taking my call. I've been holding for about half an hour. You have. Yes, you on. have the patience. Thank you for your patience. Yes. Well, I have to speak to the bird man. Okay. I have tried almost every conceivable bird feeder. I get a lot of birds, mostly chickadees, of course, but this past winter I've had birds I don't even recognize. In fact, yesterday there was a small one, little, about the size of a sparrow, black and white and speckled wing, and I had them early this winter. Anyways, I have bought the spring-loaded. And I will tell you, it takes less than a day when the squirrels figure out how to do it. They hang upside down. So, and there was, and I should have done it two years ago, on YouTube, how to build the perfect uh, bird feeder to deter squirrels. But now there are so many 
that I thought, I don't know which one. <laughs> what kind of feeder would you recommend? They drive me, my squirrels are horrible. They even, I cut up grapes for the um, robins and any other birds and the cardinals. They stick around. I stopped at peeling the grapes for them. <laughs> Good for you. I mean, I'll go out there six times a day, wow. but the squirrels just chase them away. Yeah. So, so I need a feeder. And this year, of course, the wasps. I don't know what to do. Yeah. But I need They're a feeder done. this year. I, I still have the old pagoda one, and I put sort of a lid on it. But they managed somehow to get it. I put rollers. I put it on the clothesline. <laughs> what do you think, Paul? I, I just, I'm, I'm interested to know what Paul will say about this. Yeah, there, there's a line of uh, squirrel-proof feeders. It's made by Brome. It's the Squirrel Buster line. It's a company out of uh, Knowlton, Quebec. They have lifetime warranty on their product because they're so confident about it. Um, okay. But it, so it's, it's both the feeder but also where you hang it. Um, I always say it's the 216-inch rule. You want to hang it out from a tree or a post at least 16 inches so the squirrel can't actually reach it and without jumping on it. And then you want it from where he can hang his tail before the mechanism moves at least 16 inches. Um, well, the thing is, I have to hang it on a clothesline because otherwise, if I bought one of those tall ones, I'd have to shovel the deck to get down there and shovel yeah. to get over to the feeder. So, so it's on a clothesline. Yeah, if you're putting and it on it a clothesline, about 16 it, inches, they jump from the fence. Yeah, it's 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 where you want to avoid is them holding on to the fence and reaching over and grabbing at the feeder without putting their weight on it. If it's an effective squirrel-proof feeder, once their weight goes on it, it should close. <laughs> and the key is making sure that there's no place for them to hang, their ta- wrap their tail around and hang upside down to feed. Um, and that's the one thing that Brome has really done a fabulous job of, is designing feeders that really work. Amazing videos. It's just hilarious. Really? You, you want a good gig. Brome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How, does, how do you spell Brome? Uh, B-R-O-M-E. Um, they, they do it under the Squirrel Buster line of that, but they have both <laughs> excellent feeders, but they also have these warranty programs that if you the squirrel breaks something or something goes wrong with it, they ship you the replacement wow. part right away. Also, and, I, I find that, um, and I don't know if this would work so on Mary's case since she's using a clothesline, Vaseline can be quite useful. Squirrels cannot get through Vaseline. They, they do slide. Yeah. They fall well, off. One of the things you can do is actually when you put up a new feeder is put a little bit of Vaseline around. That just by itself is a discouragement to the mm-hmm. squirrels. And then they learn to stay away from that feeder by by uh, practice, okay. um, and that's your best option on that. But in many cases, with a with a new feeder that is effective, mm-hmm. you don't really need to even do that. No, just, that's right. uh, just hanging it there. The squirrel will go onto it, try to get on it several times. After they realize they're just not getting any food, they move on to another option. My favorite is is when they I have a, one of those baffles, a squirrel baffle on the pole. So it's like a cylinder yeah. that goes straight up into a dead end. And it's just so funny to watch the squirrels <laughs> and the chipmunks. They go up, they come down, they look around, they go up, they come down. It's like they go bang, you know, head first into the, the baffle. And they, they just, they're baffled by the baffle. Winter yeah. entertainment. <laughs> yes, exactly. If Mary wants to get, um, contact me, just add info at urbannaturestore.ca. Just mention she was on the show, and I'll send her a link to the uh, my favorite Squirrel Buster uh, Perfect. Feeder. There you go, Mary. Okay. And there anybody else who's not getting through because we're chit-chatting so much, yeah. info at urbannaturestore.ca. You'll get Paul. And you'll okay. get me. Fabulous. And he's very, he does, he I responds. Will do that. Okay, cool. thanks for, thanks thanks for, for the call, Mary, and, and thanks thank for uh, your patience, patience <laughs> as well. Okay, we have to take our next break. We'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies. 
bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, you have picked the best pace for everything floral, and this week, everything birds, because sure, we have sure. Paul Oliver on the show from Urban Nature Stores, and uh, we're going to go to uh, Olive, our next caller, who's calling from Kitchener. Welcome to The Garden Show, Olive. Hi, good morning. Morning. Good morning. What do you got for us? I have a couple, well, uh, one question concerning the futures. I have a, um, a lilac bush, mm-hmm. some hostas, the yarrow, and the hollyhocks, mm-hmm. and I need to move them, especially the lilac. I'm wondering, is it a good time now to move it? Is it because of construction, or are you moving? Why, why does everything need to be moved? Uh, it's growing, um, and it's very close to the plum tree, and so they're both competing mm. um, with each other. Okay. Uh, yes, you could move a lilac now. How long has it been there, roughly? Um, this is the year number three. Okay. So it's not, it hasn't really flowered as yet. All right. So that's good. That's reasonable. It's not like a 20-year-old lilac. Uh, know where you're going with it. Have a, a hole prepared, full sun, good quality, well-drained soil, room to grow. So remember, four feet tall, four feet wide minimum for, for lilacs. Uh, so get that all organized. And then, yeah, water. If it's if we haven't had some rain, make sure that the root ball is nice and moist before you dig. When you lift, try and keep the soil around the roots. Get the biggest root ball you can get with the soil attached to the roots. So carefully holding it all together over to the new hole, into the ground, same level that it was growing, soil all around, water once, no fertilizer, wait till next spring if you're going to do any fertilizing. Okay, oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Olive, yeah. and uh, yeah, thanks for the question. Fall's a good time. I'm just going to move on to our next caller because yeah. we only have a little bit more time left, and I think our next caller has a question about plants that has to do with uh, birds as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are going to Maureen, who's a calling from North York. Welcome to the Garden Show, Maureen. Good morning. Good morning. My question is a combination question. is for Paul and uh, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, when I was at Edwards Gardens on Thursday, I saw six goldfinches feeding off the echinacea seeds. It was just so amazing. And I have a bird feeders, but I was wondering what other plants would be uh, would attract a lot of birds. Mm. Any any type of plant that produces seed is going to attract a wide range of birds, um, rather than being specific about one over the other. Is just actually anything that has seeds on them, and also if they ha- keep seeds into the fall season. Um, the, the longer they hold their seeds, um, the, the better, like sumac or something like that, where it's actually holding it almost through the whole winter, um, are great ones uh, for, for the birds. Um, and what you'll find is with the goldfinches, because it's a flocking bird, you don't normally get one goldfinch. You get a whole collection of them. <laughs> and they're sweethearts. And they're sweethearts. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, just, they're nice, unlike those, you know, obnoxious blue jays. They've just got a nice sound, and they fly like these, they flit through the air in these little half circles. 
circles are pretty sweet. Yeah, then the other thing I love about goldfinches is they're an orderly bird. Mm. So when they're at a feeder and there isn't they enough room, they take turns. Yeah. Really? And they'll yeah. line up on a on a on the the post or they'll line up on the railing and wait for their turn. They they form really? little queues. Yeah. Yeah, not the like blue jays, not so much. No, not at all. They just shove them each other out of the way. Exactly, wow. they're brutes. Okay, <laughs> thanks for the uh, thanks for the question, Maureen. We appreciate that. Okay, a great show. Really enjoyed it. Okay, thank, thank you. you so much. Uh, I'm going to go to Suzanne now. Who uh, Suzanne called earlier, and she called back yeah. with her second question. Yes, Welcome I back, did. Suzanne. Thank you. And this is a crossover question too. I heard somewhere along the way that. The seeds or flowers or fruit of dog strangling vine is toxic to birds. Hmm. And I'm wondering if that's true because I'm fighting an infestation. To tell you the truth, I don't know. Uh, I have not heard that before. Um, So it's possible that it's bad for dogs and for birds. (laughs) <laughs> strangles the dogs, poisons the birds. Wow, we just want to get rid of that plant. <laughs> I know, it's cute. So you Google dog strangling vine, yeah. the first thing that comes up is, is dog strangling vine poisonous to dogs? <laughs> okay. So why don't we, uh, uh, if, if you are good yeah, enough, leave that uh, Suzanne, us. to leave that with us, we will uh, we'll, we'll look at that and we'll figure out, maybe within the next couple of minutes, Charlie can find an answer to that. And okay, so thanks for the call. And in the meantime, I'm going to go to our next caller, Gene, who is calling from Chatham. Uh, welcome to the Garden Show, Jean. Hi. Hi. I, I want to talk to Paul. Yeah, you had a question for Paul. Go ahead. He's listening. Well, I have a little story about last Sunday at my daughter's. A young cardinal flew into her patio door window. Mm. Unfortunately, he broke his neck. What could she put on that window to stop that? Oh, there are lots of uh, window decals that you can put on the, the windows now that actually the birds see, but it doesn't disrupt our view through the window because they have a different uh, uh, recognition level for their eyesight. Um, so you can put that on. You can put there's a liquid version you can actually spray on or daub onto onto the uh, windows, um, and it doesn't it disrupt it from uh, from your viewing pleasure, but it actually, for the bird, they see it as a solid uh, material. If you do, unfortunately, have a bird that hits the window and they... Um, you're not sure if it's how damaged it is or har- harmed it is. A lot of times they're just in shock. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you, if that happens, grab a cardboard box, p- punch a few holes in it or a paper bag, and just k- hold, let them sit in that for uh, 15 minutes or a half an hour yep. until you start to hear them flutter again. Because a lot of times they're just shock, and you just want to make sure that the neighborhood cat or another predator doesn't get at them. Right. right. Okay. Yeah, he did flutter a little bit. And my daughter picked him up and put him in in the bushes and put something around him, but uh, that's sad. Was, um, yeah, no, it happens. Yeah, we, it's really a responsibility. Yeah. And, and, if you're going to attract birds, make sure you're protecting yeah. them and, and, as well. And as we get ready for the winter, this is a time to mm. take a look around your house because a lot of times people have glass railings that are covered with plants mm. in the summer, mm-hmm. and they're being taken away. The pots are being taken away, and it's exposing new glass. Mm-hmm. Um, so I encourage people to do it a couple times a year just to take a quick look around because there may be that risk that they haven't spotted earlier. And it, it really works. Like those UV stickers, I've got them on my windows. Yeah. And I think we have, we've, unfortunately, I think we've 
pretty much run out of time. I know it's crazy. We've uh, here we are in our last minute. Uh, the website again, uh, Paul. UrbanNatureStore.ca. Its secret code is Cardinal. Cardinal, and that'll be in the up right hand corner, right? A spot for you to put it's, in the secret yes. code. Get yourself a ten dollar. It's, like, it's a little tab at the okay. top. Yeah. Get yourself a ten dollar gift card. You have to do it within twenty four hours, but then you can use that gift card for long months, time. long time. Okay. Yeah, no deadline on gift cards, but great. it's good. It's great. Quick uh, search on dog strangling vine. I don't think it says anything about um, any toxicity to birds. They're talking about there might be some toxicity to mammals, uh, like livestock, mm-hmm. eating dog strangling vine, but yeah. nothing about birds. Birds are pretty smart, eh? I was going to say... Birds are pretty smart, and yeah. they're pretty... So it, generally with seeds, there are some that give them more nutrients and mm-hmm. or less nutrients, but generally they're not poisonous to them in any situation. Yeah. And generally, they're going to know what to eat and what not to eat. Yep. Yeah? yeah, They've been around for a long time. Okay. <laughs> no kidding. Like, we know to eat the scones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But not to eat Thanks the strangling. No for problem. Scones. <laughs> Thanks pleasure. for coming in, Paul oh, Oliver. Pleasure. It's been a great to have you again. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Ashi. All the guests. Shana Tova to my friends on the next show. Mm-hmm. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.